That's a high roller, dog. 33 points here already in this third quarter. Oh, SGA goes end to end in the scoop and score at the buzzer. Not a lot going on in the NBA, a ton going on in the cards market with the National this week. Some of you are going. I think that's awesome. They're in Atlantic City where everybody will try to buy each other's John Morant's, Josh Allen's, and Julio Rodriguez's. It's going to be great. <laughs> Seriously, I'm excited for everybody and would love to hear about your experience in doing that. And after that, we have this the beginning of the pro football preseason and the NFL hype is going to be huge for the next six to eight weeks or six to six weeks to six months, right? So we are about to enter deeper buying season. And I don't know about you, but um, I saw too many bargains too soon. And I'm out of extra spending money. So I need to sell some cards now. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Great to have you with us today on this. This is another traveling episode as I drive recording this. Shout out to Hoops and Cards, you collectors and investors. Let's get after it. So yeah, uh, welcome, Hoops collectors, basketball card investors from around the world. Thank you for listening to Hoops and Cards. We've been at this since the first week of March 2021. So one year and I guess going into five months, beginning of our one year. Anyway, it's a lot of fun talking cards with you. It's uh, fascinating just to go through different seasons of not only sports, but the card market with, uh, with this podcast, with you as a community, with my own just attempt to, uh, navigate the buying and selling opportunities. And, you know, uh, in some ways I, I have so many good ideas and things and you have more, more good ideas, you as a community, but like, I've got ideas. Of, oh, we should do an episode about this. Oh, we could blog on hoops and cards about that. And, uh, if you go to hoopsandcards.com, you'll see a few of those articles from last week that are, uh, just, that's what I'm talking about at times that just the ideas flow and, and we got to work harder at that sometimes, uh, because nothing is going on. I mean, the biggest news that I can think of in the NBA this week was James Harden signing his two-year extension with uh, Sixers. I mean, literally, I looked at the other headlines on ESPN.com and about the NBA, and apart from, like, it seems like this Kevin Durant summer is going to go on forever, and this Donovan Mitchell trade possibility thing... Yeah, we'll talk about that later because we've got a great uh, discussion question uh, comment from a good friend and a listener of ours. But but seriously, there there seems like nothing going on. Uh, meanwhile, the card market is in the United States for so long. The card show, the card collector event of the year nationally, the card con. <laughs> you got 
hundreds, maybe thousands of collectors, investors, dealers, companies, businesses, content creators, like everybody is going to descend on Atlantic City. I wish I could go. It would be, um, you know, I think it'd be fun. I also think it would be overwhelming. And, uh, and at the same time, I would love to be there and have some sort of a presence as a, a podcast or a meetup with some of you that I know are going, that would be sweet. But, um, but yeah, last year, the national was in Chicago in previous years. Uh, we did it virtually during COVID there was the virtual and I, I long for the days when it might get back to Cleveland. There was a time when it was in Cleveland regularly, but the other thing, and maybe, you know, this, if you listen to other podcasts, which I recommend, um, in fact, I subscribe to the podcast feed of, I'd say, eight to ten other sports card podcasts, and I listen to them when the title looks interesting. Shout out, Art Trip. I listen to the the ones that look like they have to do with basketball cards and, and NBA updates and takes that, that people might have. So I listen to a handful of other NBA-related podcasts, uh, The Low Post, The Athletic, uh, there's just, there's a few really good Brian Windhorse. There's a few really good NBA update podcasts that are just super helpful for me. Uh, as I, we want to be not only aware of basketball card values and movements, but try to anticipate things before those movements happen and be aware of player movement, trades, free agent stuff, injuries, any breaking news. Uh, not that we have to break it or be the first to know, but to think about how it impacts cards, how it impacts what I do, what I collect. And um, in fact, I listened to a, a really fun episode of Pack to the Future. Chad, Tim, and Ricky are still bringing it every week. I believe it's like every Saturday morning they release an episode. And uh, guys, I kind of count on you for entertainment and just just feeling connected to the greater world of cards uh, on Saturday morning. So thank you for all you guys do. They did this conversation about if one of your favorite players that you collect, it's part of your PC, personal collection, if one of that, if that player gets traded or signs with another team, do you still collect them? Like, will you continue to collect that player's cards or do things change? And I guess that I would have to evaluate it on a case-by-case basis. But, you know, think about Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, those names I mentioned earlier, Donovan Mitchell. Those are all very collectible, popular players in the NBA. I wonder if any of those are your favorite or one of them and you collect them and will you still? Like if Kevin Durant goes to the... Wizards, Orlando, Oklahoma City. I, I don't think he's going to any of those places. But would you still collect him? Or do you still? And the guy I thought of, obviously, was LeBron James. Um, I, I collect LeBron and continue to after he left the Cavaliers again to go to the Lakers. I collect him because he's, he's my favorite player over the last 25 years. It's not even close, and he's from my hometown. So it's, it's um, yeah, I root for the player. 
and the team the team always can make trades, always make changes, and at times I felt the Cavs didn't do a great job of keeping things solid around him, getting enough talent the first time LeBron was in Cleveland, and and even just helping them navigate the whole what what went on with Kyrie in twenty. 17 or whatever year that was when he left. I mean, that was just forced to trade to Boston, got Isaiah Thomas, and I don't remember much else from that time. But do you still collect players after they get traded? That's worth thinking about. Uh, Some people... It actually happens in reverse. Guy I didn't collect, now all of a sudden he's a Cavalier. Now all of a sudden he's on your favorite team and you want his cards. I think that's the the big hope in the card market for some of these players on the move. And so I guess with that, I'll lead into uh, a take on that about high-risk, high-reward players from a good friend. Hey, Gary, it's Camden from NASDAQ Index. My high-risk, high-reward candidate is Donovan Mitchell. I think they're blowing it up in Utah, and his name has been attached to lots of different trades, such as with the Knicks, the Nets, or the Heat. I actually would really like him in New York, especially on the Knicks. That would definitely raise his profile, and he'd be the best player they'd had in a while. On the Nets, that would be pretty good too. Still a bigger market, especially if Katie and Kyrie leave I would like his card value there as well. I would like his card value less on the Heat. Uh, there's already so many great players on that team. Anyway, Donovan Mitchell's a great candidate. High risk, but high reward. Yeah, so if you heard that, uh, Camden makes a great point about Donovan Mitchell. I think if he is on the Knicks, that's a chance for some high reward when it comes to buying Donovan Mitchell 2017 rookies, any Donovan Mitchell autos, the the time to buy those would probably be before any trade. So we're still in that window as far as I know. I haven't checked Twitter in the last 88 seconds. But uh, I think if he gets traded somewhere else, I don't know about Brooklyn. Of course, I'd love to see something happen where he wound up in Cleveland and some team got Colin Sexton and the Cavs, you know, Cavs threw in a couple other things, but I'm dreaming, right? I think Donovan Mitchell, you, you guys agree with what Cam said about, hey, he would be the best player New York's had in quite some time. I think so. And can you picture it? A starting lineup of Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, and then in the middle could be either Isaiah Hartenstein, Mitchell Robinson, Nerlens Noel. Off the bench, you could still bring Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, uh, Evan Fournier. That's That team is loaded. Loaded if they do a deal. But I'm sure they have to give up somebody to make the salaries match. I'm fascinated to see how that all goes. I know the Knicks have a ton of draft picks. And the time to cash in on those looks like it's now. When they're going for it, signing Brunson, signing Hartenstein, signing Nerlens. Nerlens, I always repeat, one name per show. So, Mr. Noel, you get the honor today. Nerlens, there's a guy I am not investing in, but 
the Knicks could be really good. And then, and then if they start out the season hot, or if they waltz into the All Star break in the top six in the East. Which with that lineup, I don't need to say it again. You know that's good. And I mean, they may never play defense at all. That's why they keep signing centers that can block shots to to back up. You know, uh, but my point is, if that team gets in playoff range and it's close to the All Star break, guess who's going to be an All Star in a Knicks uniform? Donovan Mitchell. Don't call him Donnie Mitchie. Donovan Mitchell. Yes. And with that. I would say February could be not too late, but that could be just Donovan Mitchell's cards. And then, and then he goes to the playoffs and has some big nights in the garden. Yeah. So I, I hear you, Camden. I think now is the time to buy. You just got to be a smart buyer. And uh, in fact, I'm, I'm seeing, like I've mentioned, all spring and summer here, that the buying season is just going to get better and better when it comes to basketball card values. I'm seeing some of the best prices. Yeah. Uh, the only the only thing that seems to be at a premium right now is still the new Prism basketball, some of the new National Treasures stuff. But new Prism hobby is still really high. But once they release retail, which could be already, and I just didn't know it, but it could be more mainstream in the next few weeks. Target, Walmart, you guys are, you guys are all listening. No, they, I don't know if they listen. They don't tell me. Hey, Mr. Target, get the retail rolling. Let's go. We need some prism. We need some blasters, some hangers, cellos. I need to rip my Nerlens to 75 with the NBA logo. Actually, I don't need the Nerlens. I need the Tyrese Maxi. I need the Garlands. I need the Chris Middleton with the K. Yes, Chris Middleton. So, all I'm saying is, there's some good buying opportunities. They're going to be better in September. And um, Donovan Mitchell is just one of those guys. i uh, been off and on eBay this week and put a few new cards into my uh, watch list, my shopping list. Some of those have been numbered cards from the new prism I think that out of 75 with the 75th anniversary logo that's going to be a sweet collectible for a long time and those cards are you know those cards may not drop in their sales value or prices on eBay because there's only 75 of each right Uh, whereas the base cards and the inserts and even a lot of the parallels those we will see coming down to earth Um, In fact, I was able to get a few just the less than a dollar base cards of guys I PC, which would be like Tyrese, Darius, uh, LeBron. I got to find a few other guys to to collect just that are cheap. But actually, no, I don't. I don't want to waste the money. I want to focus what I've got on getting ready to buy a couple more cards in buying season. And and actually, that's one of the articles on hoopsandcards.com. I talk about some of our picks for each of the four G's. So guesses, good players, greats, and goats. In fact, if you're looking for a strategy and you want a plan as far as uh, investing in basketball cards in a, in a way that's like sensible and not way too risky and not too predictable, but has a chance for really making you some good money, it would be good to diversify. 
So buying some guesses that are prospects that could break out and be awesome, but nobody thinks they will yet. Uh, some good players that are doing well. People might know their names, but maybe they're not even all-stars yet, or they've been a one-time all-star. And then great players that have a chance at the Hall of Fame. And then the GOATs, which would just be Michael, LeBron, Shaq, Kobe, Magic, Wilt, Bill Russell, maybe Giannis, maybe Giannis Antetokounmpo, maybe you could argue Tim Duncan, but you'd get a lot of arguing against you, because it's not just goats, it's goats who people buy their cards as if they're goats, <laughs> sorry Dirk, sorry D-Wade, we love you guys, but and they are going into the Hall of Fame, so there are some investing opportunities with big moments ahead, in fact, it could be a, an on-the-court moment or it could be an off-the-court moment. I saw a new uh, series coming out about the Lakers, probably to set the record straight from the other series that came out a year ago. And uh, so you may see more and more of Lakers and big moments and a lot of people talking about Kobe, Shaq, Magic, Kareem, James Worthy, LeBron even. And, uh, man, talk about a mess. As far as investments go, I'm not investing in any Lakers. Like LeBron, I collect personally because I enjoy his cards, and I don't think those will go down much more. But if they are gonna, I'll just keep them anyway. So, but Lakers, man, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> oh, where is he gonna be next year, you guys? And will it matter? What difference will it make to his his card values or anything else? Uh, some of these players, when they reach kind of the middle or you know, second half of their careers, they don't know what to do. They don't, they don't, uh, teams don't want them to run the offense entirely, but they also don't want to take a backup role, you know? So I'm, I think it's going to be interesting to see how James Harden or Russell Westbrook, some of these guys need to reinvent themselves or how others return from injury. Damian Lillard, Kawhi Leonard, and Bradley Beal, some big name dudes, Anthony Davis, big eyebrow dude. Yeah. Yeah, so what I'm buying right now is not much because I just bought some. I am looking to trade. In fact, that would be one reason and one encouragement for you guys at the National. Number one, take some cards that you'd be willing to trade that have value um, because if you're trying to resell and get money, well, there's tons of people going to sell and there'll be people that'll buy, but they're not going to pay you anywhere near what you think that card is worth in your mind. Trades, however, could be more straight up. So take some things to trade. Here's a pro tip that doesn't seem like rocket science, but I'm glad when I follow it. Don't take things you don't want to trade, right? If there's a card that you have that's maybe it's valuable, maybe it isn't, but you're like, you know what? If I went to the card show today and came home without this card, I'd be frustrated. I'd be like, already planning how am I going to get this back then just leave it at home leave it in the car leave it in the glove box does anybody put, anybody put gloves in the glove compartment anymore I don't even know where that started it was like in really cold weather is that just a midwest thing glove box because I've never put gloves I shouldn't say never but I never like on purpose you know put gloves in the glove compartment so I'll put like food put, um, you know, stuff that I want to 
uh, keep out of the sunlight. So I'll put cards in there. You know, I'll put um, my wallet in there. I don't know. I just don't, I don't put gloves in the glove compartment. So maybe I'm doing it wrong. But you guys that are going to the national or any show, I hope you have a blast. Go ready to trade and just be bold. Like, don't be afraid to make an offer. Don't be afraid to, before you make any offers, ask a guy what his price is on this card or that card. And you can kind of tell how he prices his cards. You know, it's good to make conversation. And um, just really, you learn a lot from those guys, learn a lot from each other. I, I think, it, like I said, I think it would be a blast to be there at the National. And I fully expect people to be buying and selling lots and lots of football. So you may find some great deals. It just feels like, too, those of you guys that go, that you buy and sell frequently, that you go to the National, you come back with, with lots of news just about the, the state of the hobby, right? Or what's been, what's been hot. Oh, that was hot at the National. Or that's, that sold out at the National. Or everybody was asking for that at the National. Like, beware of that stuff. Some of that's, like, it is very helpful to know and is reflective of the overall card market. Some of it's just, well, that's what happened in Atlantic City. It may not even leave Atlantic City. You may just be like, yep, remember the National? All right, let's move on. It's not one of those things where if you can't go, um, and in fact, I'm kind of torn. Like, there's a part of me that would love it, and then I'm like, wait a minute, how much is gas right now? How much, where would I have to stay? How am I getting there? What's the entrance fee? Like, there's a lot of things. <laughs> and if you think it's going to be profitable, you better weigh in all of those Philly cheesesteaks you're going to have. Wait a minute. Do they sell Philly? Phil- hey, they better sell Philly cheesesteaks in Atlantic City. That's all I say. All I got. What do we have here? Taylor Brunson, killer crossover goes right by Mike Conley. All right, one final thought about uh, this upcoming NBA season. And I kind of joked about James Harden signing an extension. And the big question is, can he get himself back into shape to be the MVP candidate, James Harden, who uh, the Sixers fully believed in when they made that trade and want him to be like the cornerstone of their offense? Or is he just going to be what he was this past season in Philly and parts of his time in Brooklyn? A decent guy, but just not a take-over-the-game-carry-a-team-for-a-while kind of a star, you know? Uh, I don't know. I'm not confident that he can regain his old form. I think he has lost a step or two, and even though his cards might seem like a great deal right now. I have no interest in buying James Harden cards. None. Now, if he comes back and in November, it's clear that, look, he's putting up 30 points a game, triple doubles. He's just coming out looking like a different person. The old James Harden, then, okay, (laughs) then I'm going to jump. I'm going to tell you, you'll be the first to hear it from me, right? But I'm doubtful that he can pull that off. And, uh, but it did make me think for a moment, are are there other players? Cause James Harden entered the league as like this guy that could just shoot the lights out. He could score 
he wasn't a, a point guard. He was a shooting, a two guard, you know? And, uh, and yet he grew and evolved and became a much better ball handler, distributor, passer, like fantastic at running an offense. But a lot of it depends on him being able to knock down threes from anywhere and draw fouls with the most ridiculous flops I've ever seen in my life. James, you have to stop that. It's embarrassing to the NBA and it's embarrassing to anybody who sees some of that stuff, man. But, but here's the problem. It worked. <laughs> like, it worked. He gets calls. He goes to the line. He knocks down 90 plus percent of his free throws. So, yeah, will there be another play or other guys that maybe they just look like decent shooting guards right now in their early 20s or late teens in the NBA, but they could grow into being James Harden-esque where they, their scoring is, man, they can take over a game where they have uh, the ability to initiate and run the offense to get their own shots, not just a catch-and-shoot player. I mean, not, Ray Allen was a combo guard for like three minutes. I'm talking about players like, we've seen a lot more of that from CJ McCollum. But I'm talking about a guy like, well, here goes, Desmond Bain, Anthony, 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 Anthony Simons, uh, Bradley Beal, even. These two guards that can run an offense. I think Simons is more like the point that is becoming a two. But when I think of young dudes like Bain or Jaden Ivey, there are, there are some of these players that uh, Jalen Green, man, what what is their potential? Because we could see guys that grew up watching James Harden. And as I talk about James, I mean, a much more athletic and clutch champion version of that kind of player is Kobe Bryant. Like a two guard who you want the ball in his hands running the team in the fourth quarter every time, every single time. Michael Jordan did that sometimes. Kobe Bryant did that a lot. I'm thinking, who are the guys, because I often on this show love talking about point guards, and uh, they do have a lot of value, a lot of power when it comes to the game. A lot of these point guards today, in the, in the mold of Steph Curry, they can hit lots of threes. But when I, when I thought of Harden, it's just he's, he's built different. Like, he's built like a tank. And that means when he gets into the lane, <laughs> like, he's, he's hard to stop. He will go up with finesse or power and make just about anything. And that's where I'm like, I wonder what the future holds for some of these younger players. Maybe they're a little bit taller two guards or taller point guards that they're going to grow from age... How much did you grow from age 18 to 25? Well, what do you think is going to happen with Jalen Green? What do you think is going to happen with Cade Cunningham? Some of these players that come into the league uh, just not fully developed men. And yet they have the frame and the quickness and all the, the like ball skills to dominate the game already. Um, and even just the awareness of how to use their bodies. I think that's one of the things where I've seen... Luka Doncic is a genius and Jalen Brunson took a few pages out of his book, like how to get, just get around a guy and then own that space and run the offense from like the middle of the key. I don't know how these guys do it, but it's fun to watch. And a lot of it seems to be built on 
their body type, their awareness of where they're at on the court, ability to handle the ball, and uh, the team's trust in them to make just about any shot. So you're always a threat. Allen Iverson like was a smaller version of this, right? Where uh, he could score from anywhere on the court. And uh, the, the, the older he got, like as he grew from 18, 19, 20 to 25, like just a dominant player. So I'm not saying Desmond Bain is going to be Allen Iverson. Don't hear me saying that. I'm saying some of these young guards, watch how they develop their game, even even what they're doing in the offseason. I'll, I'll keep you posted, right? I'll keep you posted on if something crazy has happened with Josh Giddy and look at what he's able to do now or something something you all need to hear about, you know, Ayo Desunmu or Lonzo Ball. Like, there's, there's still, like, think about it, four months before the next basketball season starts. So I'm just, as I thought about Harden, past his prime and James if you're listening I don't mean it personal like it's just it's just that's your challenge man you still got it at that level then let's let's see it right we'll see it in November and uh, I think he did a fantastic thing by by willingly somehow right taking less money for the next two years so the Sixers could sign PJ Tucker and they got a couple other players uh, that are going to help them out so I like that I like Harden's willingness to be a leader that way. Um, I'm not saying I'll never recommend him. I'm saying I got to see what what condition he comes back in late October. So what are your takes, you guys? What do you think about some of these men who are on the move? Kyrie, KD, Westbrook, Donovan Mitchell, Colin Sexton. Who are you guys you're watching on your teams? Any other sleepers that we should be watching for a for a increased role next season. I would love to hear from you at hoops and cards on Instagram at hoops and cards. Or of course you can always email me hoops and cards podcast at gmail.com hoops and cards podcast at gmail.com. You know this, I would love for you to join hoops plus that is our like extended edition. <laughs> That's our uh, sponsor or partner platform where you can go on uh, to anchor.fm forward slash hoops and cards forward slash subscribe go there and sign up just $4.99 a month gets you more podcasts from us gets you on our email list for insider news gets you in our discord and the chance to win prizes and really just says hey we support hoops and cards thank you to all of you who are part of that and you guys thank you so much for listening if you're going to the national be safe have fun make some great trades and uh post them on the discord let's let's uh, enjoy the moment the national and uh, hopefully the prices on some of these new Prism Hoops, Prism Basketball cards get into uh, a more reasonable range so you can pounce. All right. Till next time, Hoops and Cards, collectors and investors, go get them. Oh, sir. All right. Well, see you later.